0: a Pulp MX Network production.
1: Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show
0: presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on racerxonline.com
2: With your continued support of our sponsors we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out.
0: facts and laughs here's your host steve mathis
3: welcome everybody to another edition of the fly racing racer x podcast this is going to wrap up oakland california and all that happened there we were back to regular format this week and uh, some great racing uh, up there in the bay area thank you for Listening, thank you for Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out at your local dealer. Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, two guys who probably want to do over in Oakland. Wear Fly Racing, flyracing.com. The Formula Helmet is amazing. Uh, please check it out. The guys have d- developed it uh, over the years and spent millions of dollars at this thing. And, man, it works good. So thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. Uh, please check them out. Also brought to you by Maxis and Renthal. Maxis Tires MXST out now. Alex Ray using the Maxis tires. To have a hell of a ride in the LCQ that we're going to talk about to get himself in the main event. Uh, developed by Jeremy McGrath, of course. Uh, mountain bike tires, light truck tires, maxis.com for all your tire needs. And uh, the folks at Renthal got another win this weekend with Eli Tomac. Of course, he was battling with Ken Roxon, who is also a Renthal rider. Uh, the new Fat Bar 36 is out, and uh, the folks at Renthal uh, are very, very proud of it. Please check it on the web. The undisputed global leader in manufacturing design since 1969, Renthal has been become notorious for a relentless obsession to detail and quality through their commitment to produce the finest products on the market today. With a history full of innovations in engineering and legendary component reliability, Renthal is universally regarded as the most trusted brand in the pro pits and the first choice for the world's premier athletes and race teams. And uh, also, thank you, alias CBD, of course. Um, the Geico guys needed that CBD the last few weeks, and... They're using the Alias stuff because they're official pain bomb provider of the Geico Honda Factory Connection Racing Team. AliasCBD.com for more information. The code is ALIASRACERX for 20% off. Designed for the extreme athlete and all of us. Everyone is talking about CBD, but Alias Pain Bomb is so much more. Uh, So thanks to those guys for coming on board. With me on the line, the voice of Pro Motocross, the voice of Geneva Supercross, the voice of Endurocross a few years ago, the voice of Quad Racing, the voice of GNCC. Jason why again. What's up, Weege? Yeah. What's happening?
2: Also found out I will be renewed, I believe, as the voice of American flat track for
3: 2020. Oh, Let's nice.
2: Out. Yeah. yeah, I'm back. Um, so, yeah, really good times. And haven't been going to races. Uh, been missing a whole bunch. Going to continue to miss some. Kind of out as far as the sport is concerned. So uh, I'll just let you guys take the wheel and tell me what happened.
3: Um, yeah. Um, I, I yeah. I wonder if you're ever going to come back.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I man. San Diego is a long way. It's an expensive ticket. we got uh-huh. guys that live nearby. So uh, maybe someday I'll yeah. be back at the Yeah, okay.
3: Race. All right, well, we can't yep. wait. Uh, looking forward to yep. that. Also on the line from Renthal, former national championship winning mechanic. A lot of national wins, cost wins. I have one national win. This man has a lot. Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul?
0: What's up, Steve? Weeds. How goes it?
2: Yeah. It's awesome. Um, awesome to Paul on the show. Big upgrade.
3: Oh, big upgrade. <laughs> big upgrade. Um... <laughs> well, you know, J- JT had a bigger racing career than Paul, but Paul, you know, he was pretty good himself. He had a factory ride in Canada, which I, which I think is great. Like, that's that, that's a massive um, upgrade. So, And I,
0: I, I stayed a little closer to the mechanic scene than you, too, Steve. I dusted them off last year. I took my rider to multiple top – five top tens, I believe. Three top fives. We were like fourth or fifth in points or something when I quit. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I was right in the mix.
3: Yeah, um, I don't want to talk about that. Skip Norfolk. <laughs> Skip Norfolk was in the studio a couple weeks ago, and I'm just like, Skip, do you know how unbearable I would be if I had your mechanic record? Like, do you understand how where I would be? Like, how I would act?
0: Thank God you don't.
3: I, I got it's, it's bad enough. I got one national win, <laughs> and it's something called Can a summer cross. It's something called a summer cross win. So. You
0: could you would add 30 minutes to every podcast you do.
3: <laughs> every single one. So, anyways, uh, thanks to Alias CBD, Renthal, and the folks at Maxis. Uh, Paul, how's the Fat Bar 36? Uh, you guys been stoked on that. It's a big deal. You you dropped it before Anaheim 1, and, uh, or Anaheim 2, I should say, it to the public. But Kenny's been on it for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's exciting new product, right? Super light handlebar. Um, I hear you guys arguing all the time about Brayton versus Kenny um, and their starts, and I, I have to think it's because Kenny's bike is a pound lighter. Oh, there and we the, go. <laughs> the, twin, the twin wall is really heavy, so I don't think it's, it's horsepower. I think it's just the components they're choosing to put on their bike. Oh. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> cool handlebar for us. Um, Kenny's doing great, obviously. He's got the points lead, so, um, uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll see. The, the Fat Bar 36 just went on the Blue Crew. I'll be testing it on Wednesday. So just hold all off right. on any sort of evaluations, Paul, until Thursday morning.
0: We will. We've been patiently waiting. I mean, we have production waiting <laughs> in the wings. We're scared We're scared to push the button on the bender because yes. we need to know what Steve thinks.
3: Yes, yes. So just wait. Thir- Wednesday is the day. Yep. Um uh, yep. All right. Um,
0: oh. hey, I want to throw the
2: uh, shout-out into Onyx Maps there, Steve. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Onyx Maps now sponsoring these podcasts as well. Go to onxmaps.com. Now, what I found out by going to this website, there's an app, and it will specifically help you find places to ride. But a lot of this technology comes from, and you'll see when you go to the website, it's the number one GPS hunting app. So it's obviously the technology was invented for other things, and, hey, why not figure out places to ride your dirt bike? So go to onxmaps.com or just get the app, and uh, you'll find out places to go riding, and then you can leave your own trails, too so other people can figure out where to ride, if you want to do that. Sometimes it's key to keep it secret, I know. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, the East Coast, we don't care. We don't care.
3: Yeah. I went yeah. out with Kiefer to the high desert, and some guy showed up, and he was eyeballing them, and then he rode over to them to say, like, hey, man, it's cool you're here, but don't tell anybody about these tracks, all right? These are all – we just cut these tracks. They're all fresh, so don't, go, don't tell anybody. I'm like, what do you think, you're the, you're, the, you're the governor of the high desert, Kiefer? And he's and with straight face, he's like, yes. I'm just like, oh, God. Okay. Um First up, Paul, whether it was the heat races or the mains or whatever, we had some great racing in Oakland. I thought it was great. It was awesome all night long
0: really good and and i don't know if that's just uh you know softer dirt the kind of shorter lanes or we always seem to have good racing in oakland right there's always been really good races maybe it's just the vibe you get walking through the city you feel like you got to toughen yourselves up (laughs) and and throw some elbows when you get on the track because you you have to watch yourself just get into the stadium um but yeah good racing the heat races i mean main events were good um and i i just i want to say it's more about the soil there. You can just be more aggressive and maybe the, the baseball kind of diamond layout. Um, yeah. But yeah.
3: It was it was, it, it was good, Weege.
0: Yeah, the racing is good there.
2: Yeah, pretty much every year also. It's weird, too, because I feel like the baseball diamond layout was kind of awkward for several years. And everyone had, it was pretty much when we moved east and it was going to just dome football stadiums, everyone would say, oh, finally, we're just back to long rhythms and 180s. But I feel like they've lately figured it out. These tracks have been good this year, and I think the baseball layout designs have gotten better. I don't know if it's just because they're making the obstacles more technical, and then the layout of the corners doesn't even matter as much. But this track was good. It had a couple different spots you could pass. The riders I know weren't happy with that jump in the turn, uh, rhythm lane. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it was darn exciting stuff. I mean, you really can't ask for much more. No. And that 450, either really both lanes. What more would you want?
3: Yeah, and heat races, too. I thought the heat and 450 heat oh, was God, yeah. great. Um, yeah. Look, I'm the first guy to hammer on these tracks, and we've seen some unimaginative, uh, basic lane tracks over the years that don't make for much good racing, but um, I've yet to see it this year. We're, uh, we're five rounds in, and uh, bravo to the designers, bravo to the track guys. They're good. They've all been good. I haven't, uh, yeah, I like them. I like when guys can do things that, you know, others riders can't, and we, when we see the elite skill shine through, and we, and we saw we've seen it almost every week. So, good job on the track so far. I think. Um, I, go ahead.
0: I I really like the length of the track that we've seen too. Like Oakland was again right around the one minute mark, and and I think it's awful for racing, and it's awful for the riders, and also the weight and the track beating down when the, when we have these forty something second lap times. So, I, I, kudos to keeping the lap times a little higher as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Who should be – well, look, maybe this is a dumb question, Weech, but, like, who should be happier, Eli Tomac or Cooper Webb? Like, terrific races, fantastic races for both guys.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you actually asked that question. Uh, my entire post-race video, video that I did, I focused exclusively on Webb.
3: Oh, I know. I got, a, I got an angry DM on my Instagram.
2: Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Cause I, look, Tomac's been flying. I don't think that's breaking news. Uh, this is his second win of the year. He was second last week. Uh, I don't think that's news. To me, the news was, I feel like the narrative coming in this race was Webb's got to do something. He's got to do something. And it seemed like he was poised to do something, and then it turned out that it wasn't really going to be much of anything. I mean, they just got away from him again, and I'm like, this is really not good. So, to me, those final two, three laps, tracking Rockson down, at least beating one of those two guys, was huge. Like, yeah. if he had just if he finished six, seven seconds down from them again, which is what it looked like was going to happen, I know it's a 17 race series. Look, we all know it never ended up that way. You, you are what you are, put a couple rounds in. So I think that was really big for Webb. Did he ride as well as Tomac? No. Was he as fast as Tomac? No. But Tomac's already won. That's not a massive revelation, breaking mm-hmm. news. Oh my God, where'd this come from? Those couple laps from Webb at the end, that was big because I thought, I'm like, dude. This is uh, Get the Tombstone Ready. These guys are ready to take it from him. I,
3: I thought Webb was going to win. I was texting uh, you and Phil. And I'm like, this is. I just thought Webb looked great from the first time he hit the track. Just, just really, really good and impressive all day long. So I thought he was going to win.
2: I agree. And Carmichael was saying, oh, it's a good track for him. And I feel like you could see that Webb knew he had to do well. So he was really trying in practice. And then to just see them roll away from him for the first time. Ten fifteen minutes, I'm like, this is really bad for him. Uh, so I think it was huge those couple laps at the end. So to me that's actually the bigger story. Not that he wrote better than Tomac, but just because that was something new.
3: Yeah, somebody accused you of being his fluffer in my Instagram DM. So just wanna let you know that. Yeah. Uh, tough job out here in the media world. Uh Paul, what do you think? Who is who 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 should be happier?
0: Uh honestly I don't think Webb's happy. Um I, I, I mean, the last couple laps were good, yeah, but I, I think he he wants to he wanted to win still, and 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 he still needs to claw his way back into this title hunt a little bit more, you know. So he's still he's still a little far out, but um, I think the last couple laps were encouraging. But at the beginning of the race, I still think he's going to be upset with himself. Um, but that's a dangerous combination when you talk about Cooper Webb, and I, and, and I think that's why he showed up this weeking this weekend, and you immediately saw that he looked better. And and yeah, I think a part of that is the track and the soil, mm-hmm. but when he I think he's, you know, following Glendale, they, they have just, they've really kind of hunkered down. I think they did a ton of testing and I think Cooper is just like, you know, fuck this. I got to get in the mix. Um, so I don't think Cooper's happy yet. I think Tomac's happy. I mean, I, I would be very happy if I was Tomac. He always seems to have a rough January and he's, he is, I think just maintaining and trying to get out of California in the hunt. And he's doing that right now. So I, I think of the two, uh, Tomac's a happy guy right now.
3: Um, Pretty impressive. Well, first of all, I don't think Roxon is too pumped on Webb for that pass. Either one of you see any issues with Coop's last corner pass?
0: I I don't. You you think he's upset over it? Yeah. I mean, I I'm sure he's 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 bummed, I guess, but I don't think he's like has a uh, vengeance towards towards, towards Cooper over it. I mean, he even admitted on the podium, he's like, he's like, Hey, you know, that's last lap, last turn. We're fighting for championship points. I get it, but he was upset obviously. But, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, I think, I think Kenny knows that he probably would have done the same thing if it was the same situation.
3: Did you have an issue with it or no? in the pass, you're fine.
0: I, I, I didn't know. Right. I thought it was, I, I mean, it was extremely low speed. Um, it the, the obviously the, if if Kenny doesn't come out of it grabbing his foot or his knee or anything, I think there's less talk about it. Um, but that to me was a bit of a just a coincidence, and and yeah, it was a low speed aggressive pass. Like that's totally right. fine.
3: He could barely walk on Sunday morning. I I flew out with him, and he, he could barely that walk. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wee Jenny, any problem that you had?
2: No, I mean this is supposed to be important. So to me going for it in the final corner to try to yeah. pass someone. And very critical. This is the points leader. And as we said, Webb has been up against the ropes. I feel like you got to go for it in that situation. Plus, as Paul said, the danger is lessened in a slow-speed crash. Now, unfortunately, you do that pass 100 times, probably 90 times Ken doesn't get hurt. But this just happened to be one where it got him, you know, a game of inches. So, how, no, I have no issue with, with it at all. You're supposed to go for it. It's a championship.
3: The, how cool was it, too, by the way, that they started busting out that 3-3? Bagot did it in the heat, you know, like, it's just, I like that stuff, you know, it's that, cool. That
0: to me is very, very impressive, right? And as a rider, I mean, you know, I, I was, I was watching this, the race this weekend with, with a, you know, with Seth Rarek, obviously. So he's very, he's close to all this stuff. He's a trainer, right? And, and we, we, we talked about that, about that three, three, we were like, man, if we don't jump something in practice, we're not doing it in the middle of the race. Yeah. So to show up and do it in a race after you haven't done it all day long and you're in the heat of battle and you bust out a jump like that, that's like, that's next level, you know, high elite talent, you know, pro level stuff that's, that not a lot of people in the, in the world can do.
3: Yeah, I agree. That's, that's impressive. So, uh, and that's, you know, Kenny, Kenny went long there, collapsed it, and that didn't help, you know, as far as making a, making a turn and, and opening the door for Webb there a little bit. Cause I heard some criticism of Kenny, like, why did he go wide there? And I'm like, well, I think he was rattled from going, from overjumping it and bottoming it, you know, so. Um, yeah, interesting.
2: Oh, like I hate this. I hate when people say this. I know. 180-degree corners are designed that you cannot block the inside, both entering, exiting, and in the middle of the corner. Yeah. It's not possible.
3: I, I know, I know. I'm just, just saying.
2: Ah. Uh. Webb's good at that. Webb's like, whatever direction you start, I'm going to start on the opposite side, yeah. and then I'll end up on the opposite. end. That's why they have 180 corners. That's why they're good for passing. I hate this idea that you can just just, just go inside. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay, that cool. Easy. I'll tiptoe around the inside. Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: And I will never get past ever, I guess. Right, right. So I just go inside, I'll um, never get past ever.
3: Tomac, I thought the both main events came down to Forkner and Kenny on the right side of the whoops jumping. And Tomac and Ferandez on the left side of the groove, railing through them still and making up a ton of time. Like both, I thought both leaders were do, making the same mistake. Paul and the and the guy that won the races were were, were getting it right.
0: Yeah, it, it it it's almost like I'm starting to see a trend develop in 2020 that has been lessened over the past few years. And I don't know if that's track design or or, or what, but loops are becoming I think more important than they've ever been. I know I know JT's been. Um, really vocal about Marvin and the whoops uh, but it seems to me like the last three four five years you know whoops have been just a lot smaller than they ever been in the history of supercross I think I mean in the early 2000s they were enormous and only a few you know only like the top top guys would skim the whoops but um, so far this year yeah whoops have been a a big focus and I know they're probably a huge focus of a lot of guys testing during the week right now too I know Cooper Webb obviously uh, he was just getting his ass handed to him in the whoops at, uh, at Glendale. So, um, yeah, it, the ability to change lines and figure out what you have to do throughout the main event is, is a very high-end skill, I think. And, yeah, those guys caught on to something. And, and, you know, just when you see the entire pack abandon a certain jump rhythm or something and switch to something else in, in the middle of the race without, you know, never doing it in practice or something different, that's, that's like that race craft that um, I think is very important to find wins here right right now
3: pretty impressive weech for Tomac to make him get passed by AC, not, you know, get get AC back, which wasn't a huge deal, but there's there is that. And then uh and then catch Roxon twice.
2: Yeah, and uh, I know that Tomac's never traditionally been a great starter, but to me it's not just the start, it's almost the way he runs his races. It's like you're just not going to get your best stuff from him necessarily in the first 4 or 5 minutes. So to get passed by AC and also, to have Roxen up front, I just feel like he's like, whatever, man. I won't really have this figured out until five minutes in, and then hopefully I'm close enough uh, to make it work. And a lot of times he is. Sometimes it's not, but this time it did. And, yeah, not only was it better to skin those whoops, but that left side set you up perfectly to pass the guy if you get next to him. So yeah. that bailed him out. And you could kind of see, even when he lost the lead, you could kind of see, yeah, I think he's still going to be able to get him uh, a second time. But – I agree with Paul. Like these races are totally being won and lost in the whoops, which is awesome. That's what we want. Right. And, uh, as opposed to dudes not being able to do anything and just boring races and they match each other. Uh, but a lot of it to me is these whoops break down and then who's able to manage that and still skim? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's a real difficult thing. I mean, that's what keeps biting Fortner. As soon as the whoops get edgy, he is in serious trouble. Uh, I heard someone uh, explain it this way this week. Someone was telling me, you know, at the beginning of the day the whoops are a ten; they're perfect, right? By the end of the main event, sometimes they're down to like a one. They're just ridiculously bad. It's that middle ground when they start going away. Can you keep skimming? That's what Tomac and Ferrandis yeah. are able to do, and that's what they did.
3: Yeah, you got to make that. You got to make that choice at some point. Well, if you're JT, maybe you never make the choice. You just jump, jump, jump from first practice on. But yeah, um, no, it was a good race. It was a great race. Um, Roxon still got the lead by three. They've each won two mains. Kenny's average start two point eight. Rock, Tomax average start nine. <laughs> so, you know, four whole shots for Kenny. Four whole shots and, and five races for Kenny. So, let's see what's going on here, but. Yeah, interesting to watch. Watch it go forward. But I'm with you, Paul. Like Eli, yeah, he should be stoked of where he is right now. No no yeah, no issues, yeah.
0: I think so. I mean, like I said, he's in the hunt, right? And and but what you just touched on starts, you know, start average two point eight to nine I I think that's gonna be something that we know Tomac has never never been consistently a very good starter and it's going to be something i think he's going to have to improve on through the season if he mm. if he wants to go down to the end of this thing with kenny i mean obviously we know he, he can get in a run in, you know later in the year but i i believe in kenny right now because i think you know he has the ability to get that start every weekend and now he has the ability to finish the races where last year we didn't really see him you know, he, he had trouble finishing the race, whether it was fitness or whatever it was. But now he's finishing them. He already has two wins, and we haven't left California yet. So I think he's going to be dangerous and somebody tough to deal with for the, the entire season.
3: Talk to Adam after Are we the,
0: concerned oh. at all, though? He didn't finish this one. Like, like I said, they had Webb beat. And
2: then I couldn't believe that it ended the way it did.
3: I oh, any concern.
2: I don't mean physically, but, like, how does that happen? The last two laps.
3: On the rocks inside. Paul was talking about Tomac, but, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, but we're I, saying I, that Rockson probably doesn't have the issues. Yet, hopefully, yeah. down the stretch. But then these last two laps were alarming. I don't think it's because he's ill or anything, but that was not
0: that was not ideal. Let's put it <laughs> that way. Yeah, I, I, I almost think you have to blame that more on just like a, a super a superhero ride out of out of out of Cooper. Um, I mean, I, we were, it was two laps from the end, and there was no nothing to talk about. Like he, yeah. he wasn't close. Then all of a sudden he was on him. So maybe it was just. Cooper caught him sleeping a little bit. I don't think that's an issue that we have to worry about with Kenny per se. I think it was just uh, kudos to Cooper. Just, I mean, that was the pitbull in Cooper coming out to where he's just, he knows he needs to claw back as much points as possible.
3: Yeah. I, I, sometimes you just, you know, like, we're, we're all guilty of this where you're just like, you're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Well, how about just saying Cooper Webb wrote amazing there, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, never, Kenny was fine. No worries. And just tip your visor to Webb in that ride. that was, That was great. So. Yeah, uh, I talked. I talked to Adam after the race. Um, he was happy. He, you know, thought thought his race was really went, went well and everything else. And then he was like, he's like, how about how about how about Eli? He's like, I knew he was coming back. I knew he was going to come back. <laughs> he was like, so when Eli went back at him, he was like, go take it, just take it, leave me on the track, please, just let me stay on the track. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty funny. He should be happy. Adam should be happy, and he was, and, and he was with that race.
2: Yeah, that was good to hear him feel that way. Because uh, obviously, any time you see the lead ahead of you, or a podium at least, and there's a being a fourth, you never know how they're going to feel. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess he's smart enough to say, well, first of all, last week was could have ended so badly. Like, he could have not even been racing this yep. weekend. So yep. throw that caveat in there. This is good compared to that. And B, you know, I guess he knows, like, look, everybody had these crazy expectations for him coming into the season. But he is he is a rookie. So... You know, you can't hold yourself too accountable to. I should just be winning races all the time.
3: Yep. No, he was happy. Yeah. I mean, he lost those guys a little bit, right? He said, and he said, I I was good till about 15 minutes in. Yep. You know, and, uh, but at some point he reeled reeled Kenny in a little bit. You know, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And he, you know, stuffed Eli, like all of that. That's fine. Yeah. Good, good ride for Adam. So, Um, Barsha and Wilson rode really well. Uh, Barsha came from, obviously his bike blew up there in the heat. What do you think happened there, Paul?
0: I I don't know. Like, a bunch of white smoke, so... Like, lost a
3: valve, or, like, lost a, you know?
0: I don't... Yeah, maybe a part broke or something, and I I, I don't know. Cracked piston, maybe? It doesn't really happen on a 450, but, yeah, a lot of... lot of white smoke and i was honestly concerned because that was at the end of heat race number two 450 heat race two and there is not a lot of time there so that was an impressive fire drill kudos need to go out to those guys because that that's the worst Mm -hmm. case scenario i mean they were justin himself had to push the bike to the mechanics area it looked like and then obviously the pits aren't super close at oakland you got to get out of the stadium which is that uphill and then the you know to the truck i think was pretty far so kudos to them for getting that changed around so quick because that was going to be um i bet you that was tough
3: he he didn't get a great start and he worked forward this is barsha's best race in st louis easily uh he came up on wilson and i'm like oh boy and they were kinda going at it and then Dean looked like he was like, Okay, take this, like you you're on it, go by, you know, and then uh, tucked in behind him. And and Dino rode really well as well. I think both Barsha and Wilson need to be stoked with their races, sixth and seventh, and they both had to go to the L C Q. So, you know, their starting position wasn't ideal. Uh so good job for both of those guys, man. And Barsha was stoked. I talked to uh Sergio there at Yamaha on track walk a little bit and yeah, they're they're slowly getting things figured out. They're working on the chassis and and trying to make Justin happier, and, you know, the whoops weren't anywhere near what they've seen the last few weeks. So that helped him because we saw him struggle in those type of whoops. But uh Barsha and Wilson were good, Weech.
2: Yeah, I'm really impressed, first of all, with Dino. Like, this is impressive, uh the, the level of improvement he's shown. And, you know, for three of us that, for example, play fantasy, you just know, like, every week he's sitting there. This is, a, this is an easy metric, right? He's sitting there as a pick of, like, Okay, his, his handicap is based on where he's been finishing. But you feel like, ooh, one of these weeks, right? One of these weeks he's going to take the jump. But I didn't expect it to happen by round five. That's pretty quick. Yeah. So for him to be in the top ten in this still super stacked group, I mean, what? There were, what, five guys battling around there with yep. uh, Osborne and Baggett and him and Barsha Hill. That was good. Yeah, and he was right. In with that group. I didn't expect it. Just five races in for the injury. He's coming back from. So that um, was impressive.
3: Weege, we can't talk about Paul Mc's fantasy with Paul. It's not right. going well. He's. Oh yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. But, yeah. but you did. You did pick Dean Wilson, so I knew that. I knew. I knew yeah, that we were. I mean, we were dialed. Quote unquote. We were dialed.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and Dean came over yesterday too. We watched Super Bowl and we talked more about his his weekend and and I was very pumped on how he did as well and, and and he was kind of relieved because he had a, a big close call in practice like he was mm-hmm. just kind of rolling around and he went to three onto that tabletop and he cased it really bad and, and he he honestly thought he broke his wrist it hurt so bad so he had to um, luckily nothing nothing wrong there he just sprained him and obviously went on to get his best finish of the year but but yeah I, I kind of saw that coming because you know, Oakland is a track that's going to get beat up. It's going to get chewed out, and, and Dean excels in those kind of situations. And, and he was mad for the first time leaving, leaving Glendale. That's why I knew, I think, mm-hmm. in my head, I believed that this ride was coming because he was generally pissed off at Glendale, and he hasn't been there yet. So to me, I, when I see that in him, I see that, okay, now he knows within himself that it's time to improve and and, and it's time to ride better, and, and he knows he's capable of getting a better finish now. You know, Obviously, he came in the series mm-hmm. hurt, and, but he's working himself back into shape. So a seventh among that crowd, um, even after going through the LCQ, I think that's a killer night.
3: I didn't touch on Anderson. Just a quiet race for him. I don't you know. Did they show him on TV at all? I don't think they did. Uh, he's really quiet all race. Got a fifth. Solid. But... Um... Wasn't quite in yeah, the he mix. Kind of came yeah. through that
2: group, yeah. Because remember, he was uh, LCQ or nearly LCQ bound with the heat race crash. Yep. So, yep. pretty good uh, comeback for him. It's kind of the same. This is kind of where Anderson lives. He's like, maybe not quite at peak rocks and Tomac level. He's as good as anyone else. He prefers to do it more quietly.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you're getting exactly uh, what Anderson usually gives you. And who knows? I mean, he's racking up a hell of a consistent. Start to the season. You never know if something starts going sideways for others. He's going to be right there.
3: Uh, Justin Hill, Paul uh, Heat Race winner. Good job.
0: Yeah, that was cool, right? Um, did you see the video of him psyching himself yeah. up before the race? Yeah, was, on coo-
3: Cooler Vision. Yeah. Cooler. Did you see? Yeah. Cool, did you see Cooler Vision?
0: Weech? I don't know what I saw, but oh. <laughs> or where? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I asked Cooler how
2: he's getting permission to uh, basically. Show the starting gauge to start. He's basically broadcasting things that you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Cooler Vision said they pretty much said, eh, "Yeah, I yeah, yeah, just keep doing it." Yeah,
3: Cooler Vision truck driver. Cooler Vision man. Um, yep. But good to see Paul him win the heat. I mean, he got a little bit fortunate, but dude, he, yeah, he still got you know, still got to make it happen. So yeah, great job for Justin Hill and the team. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are all steps and boxes you have to tick to improve yourself, right? Like, yep. I mean, McAdoo won a heat race. Uh, we'll talk about two of you later. But, um, and yeah, Justin Hill won was as well. So oftentimes that has to come first before you work on a top five or work on a podium. So um, positive night, I would think, yeah.
3: Yeah, and, and, he, and he was good all day. Like, it was a tricky technical track. So, of course, he was jumping on three out of the corner right away uh, in that corner rhythm. Uh, one of the first guys to do that. Of course, he was one of the first guys to go 3-3. Three, three in the rhythm before the finish, you know what I mean? Just stuff like that where you're like, oh, look, you, you can look at a Justin track. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, things that people were trying to do, and he was nailing it perfectly. And even Dino told me after the race, yeah, Hill, Hill did the 3-3 in front of him, and he was like, I can't believe how easy he made it. So I did it. And then he's like, it was easy, but he said Hill just made it look so so easy. So
2: um, Hey, I want to throw in something on Hill. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at his start gate selection earlier this year. Hill, for whatever reason, is a guy that always goes extreme inside, which is usually boom or bust, and for him it's almost always bust. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. So he actually got a whole shot in the heat race, and I'm like, where did this come from? And I looked, and there he was next to the box, inside of the box. But that is a much more Alessi-like. Tony Alessi. <laughs> yeah. And then in the main, I, I was like, dude, now he's going to have a great pick, great pick, first or second, because he won his heat. And then he went outside of the box for the main. Which is very Alessi again. So I'm wondering. Yeah, if, I'd have to. I'm hardly going through highlights here to try to see his start gates for the first couple of rounds. But I'm wondering if the Alessi starting mentality has broken his. I'll always pick the inside gate. I mean, I don't think he's had good starts in any of his 450 races. Uh, this would be interesting if they can get something going here because in that heat race he saw what he could do with it.
0: Yeah, I, I think for sure you have to to point towards Tony Alessi for that. And, and I think that comes with confidence, too. Like, when you see a guy that's not confident in starting, he won't go out by the box because you, you just have to be more confident to get out there. But it is the preferred spot to be. I mean, that when you go to the outside, you're thinking whole shot. When you go to the inside, you're thinking, eh, I can come out top five, which is, you know, again, <laughs> the you always see Ferrandez going there because I don't think you're going to see Ferrandez get a whole shot. Um, but he is always out up. near the box. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, it's a defensive yep. move. It's 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 a move done by somebody that that in their heart believes they're not going to get the whole shot. So, yep. um, yeah, I think that's just a, a sign of confidence and, and Tony being in his ear. And, and um, yeah, it makes a difference, man. It's a lot easier to win from the front than it is from the back.
3: All right, this is a Fly Racing Racer X podcast, so let's talk about a couple of Fly Racing guys. Okay, considering that Zacco was a little under the weather... Who should be angrier with their Oakland? Fly Racing's Blake Baggett or Fly Racing Zach Osborne? Like, what do you guys think? Like, Baggett was, had the speed. He looked great all day. Didn't get, blew the start. Never got a chance to do it. Osborne faded badly. Uh, so who's, who, who are we looking at? Who, who should be angrier, uh, Weegee? Uh, man, that is
2: a really hard one to answer as I watch both Tomac uh, and Hill get horrible starts from the two inside gates at uh, Glendale <laughs> last week, by the way. Um, I, it would really come down to the mentality of the racer. Because if you're bagging, you're leaving saying, this sucks, I could have really had a good night. It didn't work out, but at least I have this speed. If you're Osborne, you would be more bummed because it was just terrible all around. But I don't know what's worse. Knowing you have it but couldn't apply it or just knowing you didn't have it. I don't, I don't know. Because Baggett in that heat, you could argue he was going faster than Robson and Tomac. Yeah. And then they were the two best guys for the majority of the main event, and Baggett was nowhere to be found, which has pretty much been the theme of Baggett's whole oh. season. You could almost argue career. Like every time you're like, okay, now he's got it, it doesn't happen. Uh, that had to hurt. well, wow. uh, As for Zacho, he's got he's to be illness or something, right? He was fading so bad.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, he, he I mean, he told me. Wow. Well, okay, so I picked him for Paul McS Fantasy, uh, and then I heard him cough, on track walk, and I'm like, I'm out for fantasy. And he said, No, it's fine. And then I said, I, I'm, I'm like, he's like, put me on. And then JT said, I know, ne- I always believed, I never wavered. So no, that was me. I said that. Oh, you did that. Okay.
2: Yes, I did not waver.
3: I, and so uh, then I put I him on. And, uh, yeah, we should have wavered. Um, yes. But Paul, they're ninth and tenth in the points. They're faster than ninth and tenth in speed. Uh but both guys gotta be just uh right? I mean
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean I and I know I know Blake better than Zach. I mean I've spent time with both of them before. Um but I worked for Blake obviously in two thousand thirteen, I believe, and, and I I feel like Blake would be more frustrated. Zach's ride, like, hey it went bad, maybe you got tired, maybe he got arm pumped. That happens sometimes. You can't be perfect every weekend all season. Um, but we know he'll rebound from that. But with Blake, he's got four rounds. I think of of frustration. I mean, he was fast at St. Louis. I thought he, he's, you know, obviously Anaheim won. He got a fourth, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to really put it together for <clears throat> for four rounds in a row now. And to me, I think he's just got to be kind of fuming under under his helmet a little bit because he had great speed in Oakland. Um, you know, Baggett isn't always the guy that gets a great start. He's super hot or cold. It's it's kind of sometimes he'll tank it. Sometimes he'll get the whole shot even. It, 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 he's a hard one to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. But but when he has that speed, I think he knows in his head that he just needs to start somewhere in the mix and give himself a chance. And um, you know he kind of had that chance go away at Anaheim too when he washed the front. And I think at this point he's got to be more mad. He's just got to be frustrated because he he I think he feels that and knows that he could be on the podium, but um but it's just not nothing's going his way right now.
3: No, oh and don't and don't forget about Anaheim too where he's on Kenny and then washes out hits that yeah yeah think so, yeah both guys gotta just be like w t f right now because uh yeah well, Zacho had a terrible oakland, so um all right uh brayton uh Brayton was in the mix and then uh free stalled it out of the coming out of the sand, and then brayton Brayton was stuck behind him, and they were dead last and next to dead last, so that wasn't ideal for either guy, so Brayton gets thirteenth. Freeze gets 14th. Um, Marty didn't have a good race at all. I don't know what happened to Marty. I'm not sure. I, something happened early on to Marty. So um, what else? Uh, Chiz is back. and So Chiz comes back from injury, right? Misses the first practice totally. His bike won't start. Second practice gets out there, and bike's still acting up, or he's a little sketchy on it. Plus, he's trying to learn this track, right? It's his first practice. So he really only gets one practice, and of course he puts it in the main event. Of course, because that's what Chiz does. That's just, (laughs) I mean, you know, he's just, yeah. Chiz is going to Chiz. And he gets the 17th. Yeah, and he gets the 17th, right.
0: Beats Alex Ray and Cunningham and all these guys. And yeah, that's why he was on my fantasy team, Steve, because Chiz is going to Chiz.
3: Right, right. That's it.
0: I mean, the dirt's very similar in Oakland to what he rides with and rides on in Florida, and and he's just a wily veteran. He's just got really good racecraft. He's smart. He doesn't make mistakes doesn't freak out and and right. he steady eddy yeah. gets, gets there every time.
3: Alex Ray's LCQ ride was impressive. He blew the start. Uh, he was probably like 10th or 12th. And passed Claremont on the last it, to, lap.
0: To me to me that ride was um mature and and confident and kind of patient too, which are words that you never use to describe Alex Ray's ride typically, mm-hmm. but I think that's him, him him maturing, right? Like he he just He's he's not panicking as much out there, and he made really good decisions. He slowly, methodically worked his way to to the to fourth in that LCQ, and again got the job done and got championship points. and And yeah, that's just that's experience I think looming large. He's just he's figuring it out a little bit more now.
3: I guess I missed AP. He had a rough Oakland. He had a rough Oakland. It just did, just didn't heat race. He went backwards in the heat race. Bad main event was just so-so. so so. So. I yeah,
2: I had uh, that last main I thought at Glendale was maybe something encouraging. I yeah. was thinking, okay, these, this type of soil might work a little better for mm-hmm. him than the openers, yep. uh, and that didn't manifest itself.
3: Neither one of you guys were there, but Brees and Adam and, like, two other privateers before the finish got hooked up in ruts, sent off the track right into the finish line structure. And Brees, Brees, Brees one was pretty good, so, yeah, it was, it was gnarly. Ooh. Um Cartwright made a main event. That was his first is that his first four fifty main? Uh, I think so. I, I think mean, it was. Not even
2: done much four fifty, has he?
3: I don't know. So our buddy Dan Truman picked him in fantasy. Can't believe that. Imagine uh, that. Um <laughs> Alright, anything else? Oakland wise four fifty class? Paul Parabinos?
2: Jason? Steve, where are you on this uh Tomac Webb who's happier? That's a good question from you.
3: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I still Obviously, think I, st- I feel Tomac is happier. Yeah,
2: one. But I'm saying what were I was more just means something. I guess is a real question.
3: Yeah, um, I think Tomac catching Kenny twice. Yeah, you know, uh, it's pretty impressive. Yep. So I'll go. I'll go. Tomac uh, catching him once. Okay, I get it. But then you go off the track, and you know, you got to make all that time up again. So yeah, I, I think Tomac.
2: Good.
3: So, oh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, I really, I'm, 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 I'm stoked for the MCR guys and Hill. That was awesome to get a heat race win. Good for those guys. And then uh, Baggett and Osborne, I think, should just be like breaking the mirror in the morning, like just like Rocky, <laughs> like punching the mirror like Rocky. So,
0: uh, all right, that was Cartwright's first 450 main?
3: Was it? Yeah, yeah. And Ottenwright made the main too. Good job for Cade. Um, yeah, okay, yeah,
0: showing uh, JGR showing them. <laughs>
3: so
0: I, I want to talk about Plessinger real quickly before we move on, but uh, to me, to me I I I I kind of am okay with how he's doing. Uh, and I I think like he's getting a lot of pressure to be better, but it took him a long time to figure out the 250 class too. A long time. Um but I mean he was a guy that, you know, a two two title guy in one year is a gnarly gnarly thing to do and I think he will figure out the 450 class, but I just worry that he won't figure it out quick enough. To to maintain his factory yeah. position. That's well, what I most worry about because I know he'll figure it out. It, he took he was a bit of a slow learner in the 250 class, and he'll get there in this class as well, but it's, it's going to take time, man. This is only his second year, and he what, only raced how many races last year? Seven?
3: Um, yeah, I, I wrote this last week in my column. I just said, you know, there's a lot of people in the pits are like, I can't believe how bad he is. I can't believe how terrible he is. And it's like, he's... You know, he's, uh, he's a secondary factory guy. No slam on him. He's, he's Jake Weimer. He's Cole Seeley. He's that second-tier factory guy. And, yes, he's at the bottom end of what those guys did. But he's not getting beat by privateers. Do you know what I mean? He's not. Like, he's fine. Is it, is it awesome? No. Is it as terrible as I get the sense of fans and industry in the in the pits. No. Like people go, like, Oh my God, he's the you know, gar- garbage. Like I, easy on that, you know? So Well, that seems like a
2: backhanded insult actually, because <laughs> I don't believe that his position was supposed to be yeah, Villa Poto's here to win the races, Jake Weimer, you know, we're just shooting for top five, top ten, maybe a podium here or there. Like I don't I don't believe going into last year there was definitely a Barscha's one A, Plessinger's one B. I bet you the salary doesn't say it that way. I, I think part of it is I feel like he had unrealistic hype uh, thrown upon him. I don't think it was fair for him. The, the riders don't control the hype. I feel like after that season two years ago, I just heard too many people being like, oh, he's the next guy. I'm like, man, that's a lot to put
0: on somebody. But here's the yardstick. And, yeah, go ahead, Paul. Yep. I, I mean, the other thing that, too, I, mean, I think we know more about it now is, for the most part, I think he was kind of forced into the 450 class. I mean, he could have stayed down another year and raced another yep. year, but through how contracts worked out, um, yeah, he he was kind of forced to step up. So so I think we have to be more patient with him because I do believe he'll figure it out. But, again, he probably should have spent another year in the 250 class maturing and, and winning again, and, mm-hmm. but, um, but that really wasn't his option. He kind of had to become a 450 guy to kind of, you know, well, how the contracts shook out.
3: You know, we 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 judge these guys too. And Aaron rode great to win those two fifty titles, but the natural progression of things is guys move out of the class, right? And somebody has to win, and and that's where we're at at times. So, yeah, Aaron rode great, but people moved out of the class and people got hurt. You know, Osborne and everything else. So, you know that these things happen. It's like your guy hurlings, uh, Paul. I mean, how many? Wins would he have less if Tommy Searle had been allowed to stay in the class? Or, or these other guys that gave him <laughs> really? runs? There were guys that really? gave him runs in, in MX2. But no. Nope. Right. But so, old Jeffrey. So old
0: was always crushing hurlings. What was I? I old mean, old good Jeffrey. Good
3: old Jeffrey just sits in the class and just collects these wins against, you know, children. So. <laughs> so
2: unbelievable. But Searle would not have been just sitting in the class.
3: No, he had to get out. No, he had no, to I'm leave.
2: Saying if Searle had been there beating him, that would have been Searle not sitting in the
0: class forever.
3: Yeah, no, but absolutely Hurling no. That would have been fine. Okay. okay. Right. So, and it,
0: okay. Jeff, right. it's Jeffrey's fault that he was just so good, so young, it took Searle longer to get that good. <laughs> Correct. That's yeah, his fault.
3: <laughs> Correct.
0: Right. That's never the goal, to get good as fast as you can. Uh, <laughs> right. To be uh, an 18 <laughs> as good as the other guy is. I, just
3: I'm like just throwing a at Hurling's dig in a pile uh, That's all. Yeah, I enjoy it.
2: I didn't realize yeah, um, qualify that for your listeners.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Um, no, so One I, thing to keep in mind, though, dude, Plessinger was better than Ciancerlo. He did beat him in the championship in 250 class two years ago. So that's that's what makes it a little bit hard. It's This whole thing is very complex. I feel like there were too much expectations for him to be too good too soon. That's not fair to him. The hype thing probably helps. Oh, he'll be so well, much better on listen, 450
3: you, because you, tall. You, mad. you GNCC people. I mean, you can't control uh-huh. You can't stop the hype. Yeah. The hype was, but now seeing Cirullo, who has less time
2: in the class, is is already better. He's like leapfrog back ahead of him, uh, so it's it's hard to determine. But I don't, I wouldn't worry too much, Paul, about him not getting a shot because what I said at the beginning of the season, he has this awesome get out of jail free card where he could always just say, if this year is terrible, hey, we'll look at Webb the first two years. <laughs> See <in> the Omaha. <laughs> look at that. It's on me, next it year.
3: is. I think there is some of that. I do. Yep, I do. He's
2: cool, and I don't think he's gonna. You know, he's never gonna dog anybody. But for sure, I would think the industry might look from the outside in and say, "Oh, we yeah. get him on our bike." Yeah, look what I, I mean.
0: You you brought up AC and AC and AP. I believe are the same age. I I, I think they're probably both twenty three, twenty two ish, something like that. Definitely um, the same range. Yeah, and and just look at the improvement Adams made by staying in the class one extra year. I mean, imagine if he went into the four fifty class after twenty eighteen. Ah, big big difference there. So that that's I think, uh, you know, the 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 what we saw Adam achieve in t- last year and and improve and his mentality and his attitude and the way he speaks everything he's he he really kind of matured and figured it out. And I think an um, extra year in the two class for Aaron, which was which was the plan all along, that would have helped him tremendously. So yeah. I, I think he's yeah, it's a tough was that, for him right now.
3: You think that was more of a monster move, wasn't it, Paul?
0: I think it
3: was a Yamaha move, honestly. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Okay. Uh, Anything else? 450 Y's from Oakland. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out uh, on the web. Go to your local dealer. Demand to see the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly. Uh, We uh, are big supporters of of this show, and we thank them for for all of that. Also, I want to thank Renthal. Renthal.com. You know their name. You know the product from Seven Eights Bar. To the Twin Wall Bar, to the Fat Bar, to the new Fat Bar, th- Fat Bar 36, Rental.com has got you covered. I just got some mountain bike stuff as well from the folks at Rental, so we'll be testing that also out here in the uh, pits of Vegas. Uh, so thanks to those guys, Maxis.com, Alias CBD, uh, Alias Racer X to save 20% at AliasCBD.com. Thanks to the guys at, Ra- at Race Tech as well, uh, Racetech.com, going out there, making uh, suspension and motors for the uh, chaparral honda team and uh, many privateers out there uh get your motor work done get suspension work done from the folks at racetech uh thank them as well and uh yeah man uh really thank you people for listening to the show joining us on the show paul Perbinos from rental jason wygant from uh, racer x uh it's jt what's up jt flyracing.com
1: not too much just uh sorry i had a busy morning so jumping yep. in here a little late
3: well when bradshaw needs a meeting you you take the call that's it that's, <laughs> always that's the bottom line uh, anything from 450s, JT, that caught your eye, uh, as well as we we wrapped it up already. But anything you want to touch on?
1: Uh, really, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway was two things. Um, I think Tomac did a great job of uh, kind of returning serve a little bit on Roxen. Uh You leaving Glendale, you know, I think the narrative was Roxon made a kind of made a stand there and was able to fight off Tomac's, you know, kind of best stuff. And then Tomac um, gave him a little bit of that back. So it's been a little bit of back and forth between them, those two on momentum. Uh, but I thought it was a pretty big statement for, for Eli there. And he closed the, the points down to three points, which is probably the closest he's ever been to the red plate um, this early in the series. So I thought that was a pretty big, pretty, pretty big deal for him. And then uh, my final thing would be just, you know, Webb's 18 points down. But it could have very easily been, what, 22 There, if he doesn't make that last turn pass on Roxon. So he's going to have to continue to find ways to beat both of those two guys, and I think he's going to have to win some races. Um, With his finishes being a a tick off of last year, the only way he's going to have a a realistic chance is to start ripping off wins. And uh, he, he certainly looked better. You know, I think it was track dependent with the whoops certainly being in his favor this past weekend. But, you know, you look at his, his season last year, and he really hasn't been on that same, you know, that last 1%. And uh, maybe we saw a glimpse of that this weekend.
3: All right, well said. 250 class from uh, Oakland. Weege uh he rides a great race and uh, takes the red plate. I like his chances to hold on to that number one for this year. I think this is, this is maybe, maybe, maybe he's finally got it all figured out.
2: Maybe he's already the guy who already has won the title has figured out how to win titles. Is that what you're saying?
3: Oh, well, the starts. I maybe mean, maybe he figured everything. The starts. Oh. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Like maybe he. Maybe this is it for him yeah. as far as like, hey, I got. Uh, he, there's one more one more race for the break. Yeah, there's something interesting
2: out of all this, which is that <clears throat> I know Fortner won a ton of races last year. But he was on the east and I feel like everyone's just waiting for oh if he could just get back to twenty nineteen Fortner, he'd be dominating all the races again. But he wasn't dominating the races against Fernandis or AC, who I feel were maybe a level above. And it's a small sample size. They raced one time in Atlanta and they were both they both beat him there. So I feel like it's almost you just gotta give this credit to Fernandis. He's freaking really good. Wow. He's really good. Don't you, Don't you? Don't you feel? If the didn't suck, he probably have won almost every race he's been in, in the last few years.
3: We haven't seen the East kick off yet, but Sexton and J Mart and McElrath and uh, Nichols and uh, whatever else, whoever RJ. But Fernandez wins the East too, right, JT? I, mean, I think so.
1: Yeah. I mean, he would certainly be the favorite, but yeah.
3: So what? My I mean, point is, is Ferrandis is the fastest 250 Supercross rider.
1: Yeah, but yes. But, I mean, it's not like he's run any sort of perfect series so far. He's left a lot of points on the table. I mean, uh, he just got the points lead, so I don't think anything is a a foregone certainty.
3: Well, no, of course not. But I just feel like Dylan is the best rider in his class. The fastest guy, sure.
1: But he he certainly left a lot of opportunity out there and made some really poor decisions along the way, too.
3: Paul, if you were at Oakland, would you have been booing Ferrandis like seemingly half the stadium was for his pass on (laughs)
0: No, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I was sitting in the stands at Glendale, and there was this guy booing him during some interview too. And um, uh, yeah, it's just don't get me started on some of, some people
3: in the human race. Weeja, this is perfect for you. There's a villain. There's a wrestling villain. His name is Dylan Ferrandez.
2: Yeah, I know. And, uh, I, and people are like, well, he's not an American. Yeah, but they were. Cheering like crazy for Jet Lawrence, who's Australian. So this is not a non-American thing; it is specifically a, a French, French thing. thing. <laughs> yes,
3: yes. Yeah,
2: All other nationalities are are cool, right? Uh, it's a French thing, um, and I think Dylan's cool. Like he, the best part about the guy, like most of the Euros, like he doesn't. He just tells you what he thinks. Like, yeah. He's been asked in the press conference over and over. Does that bother you? And he just says, "Yeah."
3: Yeah. No. He. Yeah. He's a very honest interview, <laughs> to, yeah. to to a fault even. But.
2: Right. I feel like most athletes, you know, they always, they never want to put that stuff out there. Nothing bothers them ever. Right. Never nervous. Never bothered emotionally by anything. I'm sure these dudes before the Super Bowl were saying they weren't nervous, even though you know they were. Well, uh, Yeah, no, he admits uh, that it does bother him that he's getting booed for really nothing in the case of these last couple races. I mean, the Craig thing was bad, but dude, that pass on Forkner, come on.
3: I, I no. uh Last week I said, hey man, like look, you know, Forkner was great, but you, you did pass him in that last main and... Kind of left him behind. Wow, he already had it one. He he probably wasn't even trying. Oh, okay. All right, Dylan. Yeah. All right, well, I'll just move yeah. on. I'm trying to, like, trying to yeah. find a silver yeah. lining here, but there was none none to be had out there. So, um, Moseman wasn't too happy with Forkner for the heat race, which I, I get a little bit. Whew. There's an so, action there. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, Forkner's race, JT, really just, uh, I mean, he rode well, but... You know, like, it's kind of like what we were saying in 450s. Like, the whoops were costing him, same as they cost Roxen, and uh, and Dylan got him there.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important, though, for him to be willing to take a second there. You know, like, we we knew, and, you know, we talked about this on the, the fly show in the afternoon, that it was kind of Dylan's day. You could see it coming a mile away. I mean, he was just better all day, every practice, and then at night that proved out as well. So I think for Forkner, it's it's kind of a a moment where you have to swallow that and be mature and be willing to take a second place and hope that there are going to be more nights like Glendale in your future. Um, because I think him trying to force the issue and just beat Dylan on that night, I think that would have probably led to him being on the ground, unfortunately.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. And and he was out of this thing, or not out of it, but a long ways back, You're
1: twenty-two and, points down.
3: Right. So you know, he, he, it's still looking okay. Nothing is fucked, dude. Like mm-hmm. that's you know the Lebowski line. <laughs> um hey uh Paul, we did our fly racing pitch show. weege you've been missing the last two weeks, by the way. So you're gonna miss again this weekend. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah, yep. Uh we did our fly racing pitch show, Paul, and I said Cooper needs an answer. Cooper needs to make a statement here. He didn't do it. Uh he had to go to the LCQ. And yeah, he got third. Uh passed Amart late. But right now, I mean, the red plate holder, he lost a red plate for the first time. He's two back of Ferrandez. But why do I feel like the gap, the gap is two, Paul, but why do I feel the gap is like 22?
0: I don't know, because I don't. Um, okay. I mean, the, I, Cooper, obviously, he's had some bad luck the last couple weekends. But what impresses me the most is how even Keeley is, like, and unemotionally he is over over all the situations he's been through and, and getting kind of, you know, making contact this weekend, having to go to the L C Q And he had an awful Glendale. Obviously, it's a great place to have an awful weekend when it's a triple crown because he really didn't lose much. But, but I mean, he's a good starter. He's got good speed. He's had a couple bad weekends. But, I mean, I think he's firmly in this thing. And and, and we have to all agree, Ferrandez's big downfall is his start. So, he's going to have to come through and pass I think Pat Foraker and Cooper each and every race from here on out, which he's he's capable of doing, right? But but as we get down closer to the end here, I think Dylan needs to have a bit more of a points lead because it's going to get kind of uh, much more kind of yeah aggressive in the end here. I think.
3: Can we talk about Cooper's electric start? What's going on with the bike?
0: Yeah, they they need some improvement there. That's like he was having that issue in Glendale too, right?
3: Yeah. Do we blame Will Hahn? No,
0: maybe you guys should test the bike.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Um <laughs> No, listen, uh Faulkner is the number one challenger for this title. I, I'm making a statement right now. To Fernandes. Sorry. I mean I guess the wow. I guess the I guess there's a break coming, so things could change on this break. Lots of things could change on a break, but Cooper's momentum is going south right now. So
1: I, th- I think it's wide open. Honestly. Okay. I think Fernandez right. is the best
0: guy, but it's really wide open.
3: Nah, this thing's over.
0: It's over. Wow. All right. It's over. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. For- I mean, we got we is the- Lots fra- of open stadiums with snow and rain coming. Doesn't and,
3: matter. He's zero. Yeah, he doesn't far matter. Far He's zero. And and Ferrandis can beat all the East guys, and then they're going to get in between at the shootouts. You know. That yeah, but of, that's, you know? th-
0: but his ability to not start is is is, is pronounced at the shootout. Nah, he'll that's, figure that-
3: it out. He'll get it. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> um,
1: tro- rides in one car with DV this weekend and on the Ferrandus train.
3: Hey, ah, Listen, ah. I didn't – DV just said, can I get a ride? I'm like, I don't know, DV. Like You have to ask JT. I don't know. The car could be full. And so I, I didn't arrange that ride, JT. I want you to know that.
0: When is the first time they meet, east and west?
3: Dallas, I believe. I not
0: know. I'm going
3: to try to find out. Vegas is a find shootout. Out. I know Vegas is a shootout, and I think I want Atlanta. No, it's not it can't Atlanta. Be Vegas. It can't
1: be Vegas. Vegas is a so shootout next week. The shootout too. Yeah, but it, it's not. That's not the first one, though. No,
3: no, no. It's not the first one. But Vegas is a shootout.
2: Wait a minute. They're going to shoot out, and then the finale.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Back to back.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. Salt Lake's the last uh, round this year. By the way,
0: it's Vegas good. is just a two fifty West round.
3: Stop! Yeah, it.
2: they're not having the shootout and yeah. a shootout again the next weekend.
3: I yeah. swear to God, Maybe
2: Vegas is triple
3: crown. Oh, guess, that's it! Yeah, Vegas, it, is it is. Vegas is triple crown. triple crown. Damn it! They, were, I
1: the got my supercross, I got my
3: supercross gimmicks mixed up. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry.
1: There's an alligator Denver. pit at uh, in in Dallas. Yeah, June.
3: yeah.
0: So, wh- so yeah, Den- Denver is the first time they both classes meet. Denver. and
3: what's the other one?
0: Pretty late, uh, Salt Lake City. I oh, thought that's it. Yeah, I thought. The, oh, I thought
3: One. there was two, and then there was a shootout. Okay, uh, never mind. No. Okay, all right. all right. Well, Denver's so, no problem. dylan has got that, stuff, as you can tell.
0: Yeah. My point being, my point being that race, the start is going to be incredibly important, and I think Cooper and and, and Forkner are better at starting than Frandis, and that could be a weekend where he he loses a, a a bunch of points if he's not careful.
3: No, we got this. It's it's on. Um, <laughs> we now. go. Uh, I know. Weege, why? So Troll Train ran third for most of the race. Cooper got him late. Um, whoops were easier, and that was not a coincidence. Trolls had a couple problems the last few weeks. Um, should I put those inspirational texts out from Phil to Troll Weej? regardless that Phil says I can't? Should I do it anyways?
2: Well, obviously, yes. I vote yes. That was just pure gold. I also like how there was no response from Alex besides just thumbs-up liking each one. Like, yeah, I hear, I hear you. Okay, I right, hear you. It's right, right, right.
3: Yeah, Phil sent him, uh, like, five texts all day long, motivational texts. They're great.
2: Well, I think they were motivational. It's questionable. Right, They're right, motivational. right. right. Um, this, this is one thing that, okay, a couple things bother me. I got already ranting that Plessinger had unfair hype because he's tall, and everybody thought, oh, he gets on a 450, look out. Another thing that gets him mad is when a dude gets past, And, okay, I heard this about Roxon, and I also heard about Troll. Why don't they fight? These guys have no fight. These guys have no heart. Like, he just let Cooper pass. He did not let Cooper pass. him. like, again, this is sports. Sometimes the offense overcomes the defense. So, yes, I heard people saying, why didn't Troll fight for that podium? Why didn't he fight him? Does it not seem like Justin Cooper is just maybe a little better than Alex Martin? He has been so far this year. He probably was last year. Uh,
3: I would agree with that. As much right. as, it, as, much so to as it, me, like, if he can get uh-huh. to him,
2: he's probably going to beat him. And he was just close enough to be able to get to him. Um, I, fourth is, unfortunately, as good as he was going to be on the night. I think Alex did all he could do. He got a good start. He rode as well as he could. And it was fourth. I don't feel like he should have fought harder. But yeah. God, it drives me nuts when people say that.
3: Big weekend, Paul, for the uh, Penrite Honda team. Heat race and then fifth and sixth in the main.
0: Yeah, pretty damn good, right? And I, I mean, that's. That's one of the reasons Luke Clout signed with that team is he wanted the chance to come over here and and showcase his skills on American soil. Like he wants to get a he wants to get an American ride. He wants to be a U.S. Supercross guy. So, um, I think we've all seen he has speed, and finally now he's got a top five. He's put in a good ride. Um, he's trending the right way. He's obviously been hit, hitting the ground probably too much than he you know more than he needs to. Um, but at the same time, I think it's going to be very hard to catch a team's, team's eye and find a vacant spot over here. But um, he's getting closer. So good weekend for those guys, wow. too. And it's nice to see Oldenburg not hitting the ground as much, too, and getting some consistent rides in because he's been pretty steady for the right. last three, four rounds.
3: JT, Oldenburg's a rock right now. Just unshakable.
0: <laughs> Strangely solid.
3: Yes. Um yeah. Hartraff crashed on the last lap. I think he was sixth.
1: It was great. Because he let uh, he let Clout back around.
3: Oh, for fantasy. Yep. Okay. Do you want to talk about Koga now? <laughs>
1: uh, sure. He was the uh, performer of the weekend.
3: Taiki Koga somehow made his first ever made event this weekend. A bunch of us had picked him in fantasy. JT had teased them during the week. Paul, you—I sh- don't. I doubt the camera was focused on him. I haven't watched the race of Super Bowl yesterday, so. I doubt the camera was fixated on him, but trust me when I say I, my eyes never left Koga. Uh, got a sixth place start, got eaten up a little bit, had guys going after him hard, and uh, it was amazing. It was, and also too, um, who was it? Jay? Oh, Camperizi was right behind him in qualifying spot and riding like a moron, just, <laughs> just like bro.
1: Listen, you can't expect to out duel Koga. Let's just start there, okay? <laughs> right. So I think you're being a little bit unfair to Mr. Camperisi.
3: It was amazing. And then uh, and then it was uh, Carno going for the kill in the last corner. And
1: poorly, poorly executed. I mean, he literally had him. All he had to do was not fall down.
3: Yep, yeah. It was amazing. It was like. It
1: made my entire night. I mean, I was, I was literally floating on a cloud on my way to the airport Sunday morning.
3: Koga, Koga Nation. It was amazing. God, that's what fantasy does to you. Just You're watching Koga go back and forth and getting eaten up, and here comes Lieb, and here comes Camparese dive-bombing him. And and our guy Koga hasn't been the most steady guy through the first five rounds. So, oh, it was amazing.
1: I, I tried to tell you guys. Um, I'm not sure what everybody was so worried about. He had it, really, the whole time.
3: And Tanti got right. ninth. I didn't even know that till after the race. I yeah, at, he did. I didn't really notice Aaron Tanty up there. Good job for him. He's a full privateer, so um, good job for him. Yeah
1: he he was uh, he was a big benefactor of that pileup.
3: Oh, in the second turn.
1: Yeah, the yeah. Falks, yeah. Uh, Moseman, all those guys went right, down. He, right, right. That really helped him.
3: Costello rode well to come back from the back. So did Carson yeah. Brown. Both of those guys rode really well coming back. Yep. Uh I thought yep. I thought they were pretty impressive um McAdoo Weege um well first of all did you pick him in fantasy Paul
0: I did I did okay and And you also picked Koga
3: and you also picked your all-star to be Mosman
0: yeah yeah that's how things go so I I think I'm gonna stop picking a team altogether because I feel bad like I feel like I'm I'm I I I I, I, putting some kind of a hex on these guys i pick on my team. So for the sake of their own kind of yep. work, and, and yeah, I'm just going to stop picking a team so, so they don't have to worry about me doing anything wrong to them.
3: McAdoo looked to be a little tired, Weege, but I uh, won the heat race, which was good, as Mitch said and Paul said, you know, you got to check that box, and, and he did it. Uh, got a little tired. Fell at one point. I think he fell over. Tipped over. I don't know. He lost a lot of time one time. I was like, oh, he must have tipped over. But
2: Yeah, I didn't see it, but I was thinking that just from how the track position
3: yeah, yeah, it radically changed yeah. at one point. So, um, But I didn't see it. So, But, but yeah, McAdoo's back as well, so that's good.
2: Yeah, what I think is is cool about him, and I know he's tight with uh, the Justin Brayton, and uh, yeah. if you notice, Brayton has made a kind of career over trying not to let himself get labeled as, like, a, oh, just a solid guy, but he's not, like, one of the elite guys. I feel like Brayton's always trying to convince himself and the world around him for mental sake, like, no, I can win races, I can win races, I promise you I can win races. So... I feel like McAdoo's taken a page out of that book. Like, he wants to consider himself like, oh, well, if Ferrandis, Cooper, and Forkner are good, I could be as good as them. I'm not 7 to 10 guy. I'm not 5 to 7 guy. Uh, and in the heat, not only did he win it, I know there were some crazy circumstances that fell his direction, but he was like giving everybody all they could handle. It wasn't like it was just handed to him. Uh, so I think that was big. Obviously, I didn't expect much in the main. I had him on my fantasy team. I took him off. I just expected him to fade when you have two collapsed lungs, what, three weeks earlier. Uh, so I think it's big for him. He's just trying to, I think, prove to himself and the world around him that he's, like, a guy. So I don't know if the result matters so much as, like, a few little mm-hmm. examples of it, which is exactly what he did.
3: Drake rolled well, too, by the way. Drake came up from the back. Was Drake down on that second turn? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Because well, he was way so. back early, so I don't know what happened. But. um, Carson Brown, like I said, rode well. Carson Brown's been the surprise, Paul, of the West Coast, like, like quietly.
0: Yeah, I think, I, think um, I don't know him close enough, uh, very good, but I've heard enough a little bit about his situation. That it seems like he's always been nursing some injuries a little bit, and maybe now for the first time he's healthy, and and yeah, he was down the first turn I believe, so to come all the way back to get eleventh, another good ride. He's he's consistently he's definitely made games this year. Like he's no longer a fifteen to twenty two guy. He's a oh, yep. he's a seven to twelve guy. So
3: Yeah, yeah, right. He's, a, he's
1: the highest point scorer of twenty twenty for fantasy.
3: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I think that just goes to show right that he's he's outperformed what we all, us experts, kind of had him at or, or his kind of spot in in the running order, right? So he's just continued to improve and and beat his career best, and um, so yeah, he's he's putting in some good rides. Good for him.
3: Looking forward to the East kicking off. We got one more round of West, but I am looking forward to the East. Who's with me on RJ Hampshire train? Who's who's with me?
0: I'm not as much
1: with you, but I'm with you. Okay.
0: Big improvement for sure. I'm I'm with you. I don't know what your expectations are. We're not going to do that troll thing where you where he was running second outdoors, and then you were still mad because he wasn't winning the title. We're not going to do that, are we?
3: No, so, no. Yeah, I, I think that'd I'm be a f- big
0: improvement from RJ.
3: I think troll train's window is closing on any championships.
2: Oh, oh, you do? Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: You think? But you're not sure.
3: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But
2: <laughs> yeah, we still get outdoors this year. Wow, well, got it. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Uh,
2: Well, I know why you're looking forward to East, Steve, because the West is over. Done.
3: It is. No, it is. It it is. Trust me, guys. Trust me on this. Yeah,
2: it's over. Ferrandez for the win.
3: And then what about the national championship? Do do, do, do they just give the crown to Ferrandis now?
2: Nope. Yeah, I think it's over. Yep.
3: Tell Davey, like, we can can get rid of that class altogether.
2: Yeah, all these privateers spending their money to go to the races. Don't even bother. Let's just not even run them.
3: Yeah. JT, what happened to your guy, Auberson? Rough night.
2: Just crashed.
1: No big deal. I mean, yeah, you crash, things are going to go poorly, and he he did that.
3: It was Koga Nation. That's really what it was. I I mean, you really can't
1: hope to stop him, you know? It's more of just managing what he's going to bring and and finding a way to survive through it. Jett Lawrence
2: tried in St. Louis. He tried to stop it.
3: He did.
0: Yes, he did. He sure did. <laughs>
2: he tried to
1: land And, it and
3: what happened? And what happened to Jet Lawrence, right?
0: <laughs> oh, right. boy.
3: Um, That's right. All right. Anything else? I thought this
0: was a review pod, not a fantasy pod.
3: Wow. Sometimes it leaks over. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you do in fantasy, Weege?
2: Uh, I still haven't really figured out how to figure that out. You guys are going to have to show me how this dashboard works.
3: Okay, all right.
2: Yeah, it's tough. Like, <laughs> Very as soon as the live scoring is done, like all I can figure out is how to pick my team for the next week. And I'm like, what, what? where'd it go?
3: You gotta go oh, results. Boy. Results. Well
2: then results show you everyone in the in the entire every player's results, bro. I can't find out my results. A, I've never been able to figure click, that out.
3: Click around, yeah.
0: figure it out. Just don't
2: take Not the Twitter difficult. and ask questions There are, like there are several filters at the top yeah. of that page.
3: I I don't know. I never I never have a problem. So,
2: Okay Boomer Results, team results Okay here's every team that played Results, rider results Here's uh, every single rider that was in the race but you... So where's my team? They're in green Yeah but it's not like So I have to just do the math
1: here? What is that? What are you trying to find out? Their points or their fit position Or their handicap because they're
3: all there On dashboard it tells you how many points you had last round So there's your total points And then you can go to your your individual results, and find out where your team did that weekend, or you can find out how the rider did. There's filters on top of that, like JT said.
2: But how do I know if I did good or bad compared to other people? You did bad. What position did you get? And what? <laughs> who's on,
1: <laughs> oh,
3: who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> on dashboard. That's what I'm asking for. On your, da- on your dashboard, it position. says points last round, then it says overall rank last round. Oh, that's me? Oh my, God. oh my God! Okay, uh, no, Boomer. Into somebody else's. Is that good? <laughs> how many points? What do you think? How many points? <laughs> my po-
2: overall rank. 5,155. Is that good?
3: Strong. No, that's we... no.
2: We, get, we give guys shit for being seventeens, and you want to ask if that's good? I, I'm still confused. I had Cooper, Costello, Brown, and Clout. How did I do bad? I don't understand how I could do bad with that team.
3: Clout was a good player 450.
2: Yeah, what's your 450 team? Gosh. Uh, well, oh, this has definitely devolved into a uh, into a fantasy podcast. By the way, can we hear yeah. your 450, please? Tomac, Baggett, Plessinger, and Osborne. So I got oh. Plessinger and Osborne missed oh, by one, go. one each. So that's what screwed me.
3: Yeah, Baggett, Baggett, and Osborne. Not <laughs> ideal picks. Yeah. Fly racing, Plus- fly racing zone.
2: I feel like every week I'm like, good, no disasters, fine. Everything was, nothing was frustrating. Everything was okay. And then I'm like 3,000th overall. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> every guy makes the main. Everybody does fine. What's the problem?
1: You might be more of a Rocky Mountain fantasy guy. <laughs> <Beach>.
2: <laughs> top five in wild card? Dude, I'm going deep on Carson <laughs> Brown and Mark Costello. I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm picking guys deep in the field. I don't understand.
3: Right.
1: Well, you know their handicaps are correlated to how you do, right? Yeah, that's what makes it. You know, that Osborne got hard. 11th. That didn't, that didn't get double points. Who, Brown?
3: Osborne.
2: Zach Osborne. Like I said, I know with Plessinger and Osborne I missed by, like, what, one spot each? Yeah, then their you're out. You're six. screwed.
3: You, you got to get double points. That's the goal. Got to get double points with every guy. Outside of all stars, of course.
1: Got to if you if you have a double po- if you have a uh, you know double points eligible guy and he doesn't get double points, expect to be in a very bad spot. So just because he makes the man
2: and gets twelve points, that's just not going to do it.
1: Not, I mean, the the range between you getting five thousand in one place and then like thousand is not a lot of points, right? It's it's a there's a lot of people with a very similar score. I see. I see. So, I yeah, see. you losing 10 points there is huge. I see.
2: Because I'm like, how am I 5,000th on a not horrible night? Oh, I was 10 points away from being 1,000th.
1: Yeah, so for instance, this weekend, when Zach was running around in fifth, yeah. I was in like 70th place for the night out of everyone. And then when Zach got 11th, I went to 450th place. Just, just from that. That's the only thing that changed.
2: Yep. Well, he was on my team, too. Thanks, Zacho. It's
3: All right. Okay. Enough of To po-
2: become a fantasy podcast.
3: Now. En- enough of that. Job, San Diego this weekend. Big weekend for Ken Roxon this weekend. Got to got to fight this off. Really? Well,
0: yeah. I don't think it's big as. You, yeah, you're making that up. Uh, I, I mean,
3: I'm in the media. I'm trying to build some drama here. Okay.
0: Oh my god.
2: Oh man. I think if you're Roxon and Neck, you're good. You, they can't have horrible disaster races, which they've had in the past. But they've already proven does, they're good. Does this I think thing it's more of the other guys to prove they can be with them?
3: Okay, wait, yeah. So that's my, so that's my next question. Does this thing end up just being those two from here on out? Like, do they start breaking away? We always see it. Do they start breaking away? Because I don't see much of Anderson, and Osborne's got to figure it out. And Adam, uh, Adam and Webb, I guess, are the two guys that could get away and get into this mix, but. I wonder, Weech.
2: Well, that's why I said that that Webb last lap pass was huge, because I think if they had gone one, two, four straight races, that would and Webb would be almost a whole race down in points, that would be the answer. But the fact that Webb showed, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, he might still be able to duel with these guys, uh, That that is why, to me, that's a big deal. That's not me being a slugger. That's, to me, being a legitimate, he did manage to
0: beat the points leader. It's not over yet.
3: Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yeah,
0: I think I I think two good rounds coming up for Cooper Webb in San Diego and Tampa and and I think he's gonna get into the mix. And and I think Jason Anderson's worth talking about too. I mean he hasn't had worse finish than fifth. So consistency pays. He's a, you know, obviously it's just a tick off, but um I don't know if he can pick up speed during the season, but for not being worse than fifth so far, that uh it's gonna come into play here, I would think.
3: Yep. Yep. Um, all right, anything else?
0: We're on to San Diego.
3: Yep, absolutely. Fly Racing, Racer X podcast show. This is the in the Oakland Review. Thanks to Maxis, Renthal, and alias C B D as well for coming on board. Parabinos, Wygant, Thomas. Thanks, boys.
2: Thank you. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis show.
0: Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts.
2: As the days and the months and the years go.